Welcome to the 253rd episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we'll be talking about it. Today we are recording on October 6, 2021. My name is Brad Galloway. I am the editor of GameCritics.com, and 50% of this here show with me is the man who's always hustling, Carlos Rodella. That's me. I'm a hustler, baby. I'm a hustler. Yeah. Uh, always got side gigs going, always looking for opportunities, always creating. That's you, man. Hey, if you need your video edited, come over here to Carlosville. We do all the editing. Uh, you can get a hold of me on the internet by just searching for Carlos. Just just Carlos. Nothing <laughs> That's else. it. <laughs> yeah, no, we were talking before the show. I'm just doing all these different freelance gigs right now. Uh, it's really fun. Um, get to, you know, talk to a lot of different people because I'm doing a lot of interviews. And so it's been exciting. Today I talked to somebody who's making honey, but not with bees. What is he making honey with? Or he or she? Or it's a, like a molecular process. So does it really qualify as honey then if there's no bees involved? It does. Yeah, it's it does. It's probably like a honey-like substance. Uh, yes, but it's also like the most honey-like substance. Well, I don't know. I think the bee is going to have something to say about that. Well, no, he's he's doing it to save the bees, him and his company, because the wild bees, there's a whole issue. I'll, I'll talk, talk to you off the podcast. But it sounds like he's putting the bees out of work, man. Those bees all need jobs. They need very small jobs, small paychecks, small jobs. They got to they gotta keep it going. No, they're fine. No one's going out of work. He's just saving endangered bees. It's a long story. All he's right, helping, we'll get he's to helping it the country and the at world. At some point. I, I, will, I will take it on your word for now, but we're going to go into this after the show. We're going to figure out what's going on. Bee tangent this. put aside. All right, folks. We got a million billion games to talk about. We're going to get to them real quick. But first... As you all know, Carlos and I share space. It's a giant house, nice roof, nice green door. Did a paint job recently. It looks very sharp. You but did. Still, I like that. I know. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. That seafoam green yep. goes really well with the roof. Anyway, we're dividing the living space down the middle with a strip of duct tape. I've only got one thing on my side this week. Carlos, what do you have on your side? 8,000 things. Oh, man. That same pile from last week is still there? Oh, yeah. It's actually grown somehow. Oh, geez. All right. So what do you got? Oh my goodness. Well, before we get started, wait, what's that sound, Brad? Oh my goodness, that's scary, isn't it? I'm, I'm shivering right now. I'm literally frightened. Uh, what that is, is this is the beginning of the ghostly and ghoulish game review season. Oh snap, I sense alliteration. Well, that's the most alliteration you're going to get, that's it. Oh, okay. Well, I sensed it. That was my soundboard, which is just my phone. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, what we're doing now is uh, we're going to do at least one or two games that are scary every episode for this whole month. Uh, I'm going to re review them because you're, you're gonna too scared to pants. I'm too scared. I'm just yep. saying up front, I'm too scared. Everybody knows yep. that. So this uh, episode, we have one scary game. Next episode, we have two coming and then we'll probably have one or two for the rest of the month. So you can look forward to that. At least. There's always more popping up. At least. We have so many in the queue right now for me. There's a um, bunch. Yeah, there's a bunch. And then at the end of the month for like Halloween, I'm going to put them all together for a spooky collection. Spook collection. Yeah, that's what it is. There you go. So anyways, that's my first piece of housekeeping. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween, everybody. Uh, the other thing is TikTok. I want to talk about TikTok for a hot second. All right. Uh, first off, remember that video that we got taken down, which is about Mario movie? Yeah, I don't know why some some random thing happened and they thought it was offensive or something and took it down. Yeah, we talked I, about it last episode, I believe. 
Yeah, I think I figured out why it was taken down. Um, was it because Mario was naked? No. Were you naked? No. Okay. It was, well, an then... audio, it was an audio clip. Oh, well, then what happened? So I think what happened is the algorithm, you know, is a robot. And so what I've heard is a lot of uh, videos are getting taken down or at least flagged because people in the comments are actually leaving stuff that should be taken down. And if we don't take them down or see them, then they take the whole video down. You mean somebody can leave a comment about our post? And if, like, what is in the comment that is worthy of taking down? I mean, I co- didn't comments see. in general are, I know. you know, not great in general. So that seems like something that wouldn't be an issue at this particular time. I'm, I know. I'm, I'm mystified by this. I'm mystified as well. But I'm just saying that this is the idea. So some YouTube videos are, are, you know, talking about it right now. So I think that that's what happened with that one because it was a very, you know, controversial topic and Chris Pratt and all that stuff and Mario. And I don't know, I must might have missed a, you know, bad review, which oh, again, I was just going to ask, did you go back to check the comments? Was there something, did somebody post a picture or did, like, like, I'm just really curious as to what would have triggered that. It's deleted. So I can't. Man. Okay. So well, anyways, guess, that's what I you, think happened. How are you supposed to improve if you don't know what caused it, right? Well, no, what I'm saying is now that I know that, I'm going to be making sure that I check comments as they come in. I mean, I, that's that's totally fine. But like speaking as a parent, right, like when you have a child and you ha- they do some behavior that they don't like, like the best way to address it is, number one, you have to tell them exactly what it is that they're doing that they should stop. If they don't know what it is to stop, then they can't stop it and can't correct that behavior. Right. So if TikTok deleted your video and we're still pretty unclear about exactly what it was, I, that's pretty poor uh, you know, behavior on their part, because how can we stop doing what it is that they deleted it for if we don't know what it was? Preaching to the choir. I yeah. think it's just me for now, like checking the comments that are on our videos. And again, that seems silly because it's like extra legwork for us. So I don't know. Anywho, my anyway. my point is we didn't do anything wrong. OK. And so uh, our other videos, you know, are up there and we're going to be doing one a week or at least one or two a week uh, from the podcast. So go check that out. It's So Video Games Podcast, uh, just one whole one word on TikTok. And also while I was there, uh, we're getting some followers. And one of the followers is called Meddling Kids Dev. Like cool. you mean metal? Cool name. Yeah, yeah. Like from Scooby-Doo. Yeah. And so they're working on a game called Trick Shot. So I thought I'd give them a shout out. It's a skateboard type game that looks pretty cool. Uh, so go check out Meddling Kids Dev. And they left a comment or they they followed us or something. And so, yeah, we're just going to start giving shout outs to people who follow us on TikTok. Cool. I'm going to go check them out. And I hope that their studio logo looks like uh, something related to Scooby-Doo. It doesn't. Damn it. I think it's just words. But uh, why would maybe I... they'll hear this and they'll change it. Ch- yeah. I mean, you, you're going to name yourself that. you got to like have something that goes along with it. Otherwise, why do that? Like an old man with a mask being taken off his face. Yeah, or just like yeah, maybe yeah. a silhouette of the Scooby gang or something. So you're not like infringing on copyright, but you still people right. know, right? Like you yeah. get the nod. I don't know. Yeah. Lastly, on TikTok, their most successful video clip so far. Oh, remember, they're just audio, but with text is uh, the cyberpunk one. So I think just because it's a, it's cyberpunk. So was that because you listened to it like 10,000 times? No, <laughs> maybe, maybe. Yeah, no, it isn't. <laughs> I've been meaning to tell you this for a long time. It's one of these old, like, dusty boxes in the uh, housekeeping. It was way in the back. It was way in the back. There was a leaked uh, list of games uh, coming out at some point from somewhere. I don't even know where it is because this is an old box now. I don't even know how I got this box. But in the the leaked uh, games list was Helldivers 2. 
Really? Yeah. Very interesting. I was actually just talking about this on Twitter yesterday. Were you? Uh, yeah. Gary Butterfield from uh, Duckfeed. Love Gary. Funny guy. Uh, does a bajillion podcasts, and I listen to him all. Uh, Gary's a great guy, and he was asking for recommendations for top-tier couch co-op on PS4 or PS5. So, of course, of course I recommended Helldivers. What else would I recommend? It's like the best couch co-op game that's ever been created. I mean, so great that the developers apparently dropped the mic and just went home after they made it, because I don't know that they've made a single damn thing since. That's well, they're like, working on the second one, probably. I mean, I cool. I would be number one in line for that. But I'm just like, man, what happened to you guys? Like, where did you go? What do you I mean? Hopefully it's cool. Hopefully it's for, you know, PS5 or Xbox, uh, some current gen stuff. Yeah, I think amazing. it was I think it was an Xbox uh, like Series X uh, list, actually, now to come to think of it. Oh, man. Well, I mean, I'm definitely up for that. I, I love those uh, games. Arrowhead Studios is who it is. Arrowhead. I believe they're in, I don't know, like Sweden or Norway or something like that. Forgive me if I get that mistaken. Uh, but yeah, I, I'd be uh, I would be pre- take my money. Just take my money right now. Oh, that's right. They were 2015 is when it came out. So six years ago. Six years. I don't think they've done anything in the no. last six years. But what I'm saying is video games take a long time. So they literally could have been working on Helldivers too for a lot of that. I mean, very, very possible. And from what I understand, I mean, it was pretty successful. Um, it went on to find great success. And I mean, oh, I hate to even say this. I hate to say this. But anybody who like finds themselves in like the Souls bucket may want to check it out. Even though it's not a Souls-like, it has a lot of the same things in, in common, such as steep difficulty requires a lot of concentration um, a lot of like make or break gameplay i mean it doesn't it's not at all like souls but i think there is like an energy or a flavor about it that i think some souls fan may find attractive so check it out if you want some isometric shooting hump divers one of my favorite games of all time of all time that's why i bring it up and uh, now i can finally throw this box out it's been throw it out man. it's moldy yeah. and gross yeah uh, I want to mention this because it's still taking place right now, uh, and it's cool for you too. I don't think I've told you about it, but the next fest is is uh, happening right now. And I know you are allergic to PCs, but on Steam, if you go to Steam, it's a thing you can go to on your PC. I don't believe you. Uh, October first through October seventh, they're doing live streams and demos of a bunch of indie games. Yeah. Um, and there's so many of them that have demos. That I just started loading up on them, and my queue is full now. It's crazy. So go over there. You can watch people play the game if you don't really want to download it. Just want to see someone playing it. Uh, so every single different tab of each game has someone playing the game. That's such a cool idea. So next oh, yeah. fest. I love I love any of these like demo fests like this one. I mean, even though this one is not for me because of PC, but I think it's still a great idea. You know, the Xbox one that we just went through had like 40, 40 or 45 demos, which was awesome. Yeah. I don't know that PlayStation's doing anything like that. I think they really should. But I think these are great. And uh, I've been getting all the emails about Next Fest. Like, oh, my God, like three, four hundred emails about, hey, my game's on Steam. Please play my demo. And I'm like, man, I, I you know, support, love, respect. But I'm not going to do that. But, you know, good luck to you. Next but time it happens. Next time it happens, send them to me, buddy. Oh, man. There's too many, dude. I drowned you. You die. I might die. You might die. Um, Well, anyways, the the good news for this particular situation is I had downloaded most of them already because uh, it's easily accessible. Uh, So anyway, check out the Next Fest on Steam. Uh, I want to say one thing about one game. I'll talk about other games from it later when I played them all. Sure. But this is a really interesting idea that I know you would like. One of the games is very simple. It's like a... um, you know, a 2D scrolling game, like point and click kind of adventure game. 
And it, it is about, the whole concept is so cool. It's very bare bones and it's a demo, but the concept is there was a zombie apocalypse. Okay. And then at some point there was a vaccine for it. So <laughs> everybody got cured. No, but, man. But anybody who was a zombie before stayed green. So now there's like racism against green colored skin people. Oh, interesting. Ooh, that's, and, that's awfully real. I know, and you're one of them. So you start as a zombie, and actually, the very beginning of the game is you like having to eat somebody, and then you're back to normal, and you have like you know clothes on, and you're a person, but you're green, right? And you're like going to your job, and like you know going to the bar, and going home, and talking to your roommates, and most people are cool with you, but then every once in a while, someone will walk by and be like, "What's wrong with you, freak?" And right. like they're talking right. about how you got the job when you shouldn't have because. Just because oh, they needed man. another green this person. Sounds like a very politically aware game. Ooh. Sounds like yeah. a lot of issues in real life being brought up there. But that's awesome. You know it what is mean? awesome. I'm digging it. I love games. Yeah, okay. for sure. All right. Uh, what was that one called? What's it called? That's called Human Apocalypse. I forgot. Human that. Apocalypse. Yeah. And that's check that the out. Steam Next Fest demo? Yep. It's a demo okay. right now. There we go. Uh, and then to that point of what you said about uh, demos and I wish PlayStation would have something, which is a perfect segue. They just announced they're going to be doing something called Trial Games. Have you heard of this? I heard a little bit about it, but I kind of just, I was busy or something, and I was like, whatever, and I kind of skated. But I, I meant to circle back and read up on it, never did. So please fill me in. Oh, I don't know anything else. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just know the name of it, too. Um, it just says Trial Games, play them uh, on PlayStation, and you'll be able to do that soon. But I, I don't have any other information. Uh, okay. I, I have zero. I heard... The title, and that's all I know. So I guess we will well, have to do some investigation and find out. That's all we both know. But I do like the idea. Come on, PlayStation, give me some more examples. Yeah. yeah. Because, you know, I can't even find the freaking demos in that store. They're hard to find. And sometimes, uh, no joke, like you go to actually, the like if you know a game has a demo, you go look up that specific game, you've got the title, and you're on the game's page, sometimes you still can't find the demo. Like you're yeah. on the page, it should be right there. You're on the store page. Exactly. It's like, yeah. like any time on Steam, you go, oh, there's the demo. It's right there. You oh, know? yeah. 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 So I wish they would get their act together with that. Hopefully, a trial games will help. Uh, a couple more things. Chuhai Labs, who we love. We love, love. Chuhai. Yeah. I was just talking to them on Twitter about Curse Golf because they're talking Ooh, about it. I'm excited it. for that one. That one looks I so fun. No. It'd be perfect if it was coming out for Halloween, but I don't know if it is. Do we know if it's coming out before Halloween? I do not know, but I bet we know somebody we could ask. We'll ask Kinsey. Um, and yeah, so anyways, I was just talking to them about how excited I am about the game. So I just thought I'd bring that up again. Go check out Cursed Golf. It looks like to me the second roguelike that I'll actually like. Mm, interesting. So we we will check it out. Crown Trick being the first? Crown Trick being the first. Literally the first. I love yeah. Crown Trick. It's a good one. Good one. Uh, something else. Oh, I guess Ember, uh, the video game Ember, which is an RPG that's kind of like Divinity Original Sin style. Uh, it's coming out. It has a console edition. I think it came out today. Hmm. Uh, it's just an example of like a really cool Divinity Original Sin old schooly kind of RPG coming over to console, which I always like to see. So check out Ember. It, I think I played it on Steam a while ago, but it's it's a very you know good type of game like that. If you like isometric Divinity Original Sin type RPGs. All right, Ember. I will look it up. I'll look it up. Cool. And lastly, two last things. Or is, is Oxenfree in the full list of games? It is. We are okay. talking about that next. Ooh, I just preluded to it. You nope. set yourself up. Preluded is not the word. Preluded. I mean, you 
Sort mm. of. You're, you're in the neighborhood. Gungrave. Oh, no, there's that's the other thing I was going to say. Gungrave has a demo, the new Gungrave game. I liked Gungrave back in the day. Like on um, PS2, wasn't it? Yeah. There's yeah. a new one coming out called Gungrave Gore. <clears throat> so, you know. Okay, that's a thing that, that exists. That's check a thing that, that exists. What I was going to say, my last story, is Nintendo. Uh, the OLED system is just coming out now, right? Pretty soon. Oh, the new Switch with the new screen. Yes, correct. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, now, there's been trademarks and all these different kind of paperwork filed for a 4K screen from Nintendo. So Nintendo's working on a 4K screen that's small uh, or like smallish. I don't know. They didn't give a dimension. So people were starting to speculate, is there another Switch coming that's 4K? That would suck because they just are releasing this OLED one. That would also be very Nintendo. It would be very Nintendo, but I don't think it's that. Me and some YouTubers are hypothesizing that it's a new Nintendo system. You know, I I think it would probably lean towards that because most of the games that are on the Switch don't really need a 4K screen, and I don't know that they right. really benefit from them. And also the hardware, uh, I don't know that it really can push enough stuff to really warrant a 4K screen. So you may be onto something there. Yeah, and by the way, again, I played a few Switch games, and we'll talk about them probably next episode. But for me, it's just like it does feel like I'm going backwards in time when it comes to technology, you know, and I know it's that's what it's for because you're in bed or you're just on the go. But it'd be nice to see a Nintendo system that goes in, you know, kicks it up a notch when it comes to horsepower. So that's what that might be. You heard it here first on Soviet Games podcast. Uh, new Nintendo system with 4K is, is, is coming soon. We shall see. We shall see. Okay, that's it. That's my house. It's cleaned. Cool, cool. I just have one thing really quickly. Oh. Um, shameless advertising. We were con. Well, I was contacted. Not we. I was by a website called MedievalCollectibles.com, which is strange because you know Game Critics being a video game website and so Video Games Podcast being about video games. You know, we do get these these random emails from people just out and about who who think that maybe the Venn diagram overlaps, right? So like gamers. Also, probably like swords, also probably like crossbows and helmets. I mean, I think that's pretty accurate, right? I think there's yeah. a lot of crossover there. So the, the lovely people at MedievalCollectibles.com uh, sent me an email and they were like, hey, yo, would you like to check out some stuff for free and talk about it? And I'm like, heck, yes, I would. So they sent me uh, a catalog and a link to their website. And I, you know, if everybody's listening, uh, check it out if you want. I mean, full disclosure, they sent me some free shit, so that's why I'm talking about it now. So I'm not trying to keep that a secret. Uh, but I do love medieval shit. My son loves it, and uh, we go to Medi- you know Renaissance Fair and shit like that. So it was kind of up my alley. We went to their website, tons of stuff like you know pirate stuff, knight stuff, uh, you know kind of like magical items and stuff, like tons and tons of stuff. And now that it's October, might be a good time for you to check something out, get something together for your costume. But oh. they did send us a really cool. Um, templar knight's templar cape my son picked it out i let him like you know hey kid come over here whatever you want because you know it's cool to be the cool dad and this is something that i can i can offer be like hey people want to give me free shit and i will give that free shit to you therefore i seem like a plus five cool dad and oh yeah i'm about that so he picked out a templar cape it arrived today and i gotta say it is pretty cool it's got uh like the red cross on it it's like it's really heavy material it's like double layered it's got all these ties to it. I mean, it's really it's a quality piece of work. It's not just like something cheapo that you would just get off a rack somewhere. Um, so it's good stuff. He's very happy with it. He's been running around the house like a knight all day long. Uh, and I'm kind of jealous nice. a little bit. Uh, so there it is. Shameless plug for MedievalCollectibles.com. There's tons of stuff. 
really neat. Again, they sent me some free stuff to talk about it, which I'm doing now, but I think it's actually pretty fucking cool. So there you go. Is there two-handed swords? Oh, dude, there's so many swords. There's so oh. many swords. There's swords, crossbows, knives, daggers, potion bottles, belts. Like, you know, there's some stuff for, uh, you know, maybe nighttime and all sorts Wait, of stuff. Wait, I'm listening. <laughs> you can check Why? it out yourself. I'm single. All right. We're not going to get into that right now. Uh, but by the way, you know, me being Mr. Melee, I just feel like I probably should have a two-handed sword at the house. I mean, at least. And a couple at daggers, probably. Yeah. Well, no, no, no daggers. Come on. I mean, you, you maybe drop your a long sword. sword, maybe lo- a warhammer, something. I could dual dual wield two long swords, probably not long sword, two two like just regular you know short swords. I mean, they uh, got them. Yeah, they got tons. They got tons, and okay. some of those were pretty pretty cool. So anyway, we did not want to get a large bladed weapon for my son, but I felt a cape would be a safer. <laughs> nice. No, I'll get it. I'll get it. You get it. You get the sword. Okay, that's it. That's my shameless plug. Let's move on to the show. We got forty five gajillion games to talk about here, Carlos. Yep. We're gonna turn it back over to you. Recently, uh, the developers of Oxenfree got in touch with us and wanted to have one of our staff of game critics attend their preview for Oxenfree 2 Lost Signal. You were the man who stepped up for the job. You went to a yep. virtual event because COVID still. Yeah. Uh, and we just today. No, 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 I'm sorry. By the time this is out, the preview will be up at Game Critics. There's a video that you did, which is a lovely video. There's also some text for people who want to check out the text. Uh, but will you give us just a few words on uh, Oxenfree 2 Lost Signal? Yeah, Night School. Night School is the devil. Night uh, School, yes. Yeah. And uh, it was really cool. I got to get up early and with a bunch of other journalists, get into a virtual Discord room and watch a uh, gameplay of the game. Uh, Now, they did it live, and then at some point they had a kind of a hiccup, so they had to finish the demo with a video. Oh, that's a bummer. Yeah, it's because video games. Technology, you know. Yeah, but they got through like 78 or 80% of it, you know, like... Uh, as you know, just actually playing it themselves, and yeah, it was awesome to see. I, you know, I loved Oxenfree One. I feel like Oxenfree Two, without going too much into it, because you can watch the preview video. Um, I think I feel like the characters are more close up to the screen, which is actually cool because I think the first one, when I looked back at the footage of it, they were the characters were a little bit farther away. Let's in fact, let's give a quick um, recap of Number One, if you don't mind, for people who are not familiar with the original Oxenfree. Probably make more sense to set up what that was before we start talking about the sequel. You want to give a quick capsule on it? Yeah. Oxenfree was about a bunch of kids who basically were in high school and they were in the Pacific Northwest coastal town and basically, um, you know, just all getting together, talking, hanging out. And they figured out how to tune into with like a little radio signals, uh, different like portals and different kind of breaking space and time and all sorts of, you know, hell ensued because they opened up portals, they went back in time it's just shifted like reality. But the idea is that they were able to save the day, uh, you know, with their um, talking together and figuring things out. Yeah. A lot and, of dialogue, a really innovative dialogue system. And it was kind of like a yes. point and click, wouldn't you say? Yeah. I, I was going to say the dialogue part of it was really the crux of the game. I mean, it was psychological and weird. And I think, you know, I love the beautiful look of it, um, 2D style. But yeah, the conversation trees that you would do. Maybe not a million different endings, but a lot of different ways to experience a story based on what you would say. Um, so the Oxenfree 2 is an extension of that. Not only, like I said, are the characters a little bit closer to the screen graphics-wise, uh, but there's you know same kind of thing. Weirdness is going on in this town. Now you play as an older character and actually a group of older characters. So they're not like talking about the same things. They've already been through high school. They're kind of reflecting on high school sometimes, so it's a different perspective there. 
one of the main uh, protagonists, the character Riley, she seems kind of like apathetic uh, and jaded, which is kind of an interesting take on it. Um, and then, yeah, you go through and there's a lots of conversation trees. There's um, walkie-talkie, which is wasn't in the first game, where you can actually talk to different NPCs and they can give you clues and stuff and give you side missions. But then, like I said in the in the preview, there's time tears instead of just portals, which time tears will like bring you back into a different time in that same space. So, like in the preview video, I talked about a mine that they were in, and it was closed and all decrepit. Then they went through a time tear, and of course, it's open. And they can figure out, you know, mysteries that way. So it looks great. Uh, it's a lot of the same thing. So if you like Doxin Free, I think you're going to like this one. But I think with the inclusion of these different systems, it's more. And one thing I want to say that I didn't mention in the preview, there's uh, one character who's kind of feeling nervous. And he says whenever he's nervous, he wants to play this game that him and his friends came up with, which is where you just say one word and the next person says a word and you make a story out of it. You know that style of a game. I mean, I yeah, I mean, just kind of like imaginative, inventive, something to kill some time. Sure. Yeah, kind of like the, uh, there's a word for it. People do that all the time, where you say a sentence and the other person says a sentence and it makes a whole story. Anyways, they put that in the game. They showed us, uh, you know, it happening real time. They said that, was it? It's a crazy number. 20 or 30% of the dialogue in the game, I might be getting that number wrong, but a huge chunk of dialogue in the game was just that game. Oh, really? So if people want to play just that that killing time game, there's like yeah. that much content is devoted to making that actually playable and fun. So like, what do you do? You choose a couple words from a menu? Yeah, well, no, it's just I, like a conversation tree, right? But like, there, like he'll say start with like Santa or something, right? And then you'll start, you'll pick one word. And right, so, but you can't w- type it in though, right? You got to choose from a you got to choose, list. yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Okay. But gotcha. it's just fun because then you get hear the story back after it's over, and that has like a lot of branching paths. So they were just like developers were talking about how. They spent a lot of time on that one game, gotcha, gotcha. and they didn't really expect to. So, anywho, that's the long and the short of it. I am really excited about it. I think it's doing everything that the first one did, but better. And like I said, I like the graphics a little bit better because I can see more because it seems closer to the screen. Um, and then, lastly, lastly, at the end of um, the demo, they asked us if we had any questions. I asked a bunch, but one of them was people were asking about Night School being acquired by Netflix. Because that just happened. Uh, you know, I thought I heard something about that. Is that actually a true story? It's a true story. And they would not answer anything on that. I mean, they... that makes perfect sense, dude. Yeah. Because, like, real talk, um, I played Oxen Free, And the long and short of that is I felt like it would make a better TV show than a game. And so for them to be picked up by Netflix seems like absolutely the perfect fit. Because, you know, Netflix has a bunch of those interactive shows you can watch where you, like, kind of choose your own adventure. Yeah, yeah. And... and uh, Night School is obviously really good on dialogue and about narrative and stuff. I mean, that seems to me like a great idea. It's an awesome idea. Yeah, like uh, the Black Mirror episode. You know, exactly, it, exactly. It has a lot of different dialogue options, and that's what this game is like. So there you go. Um, they wouldn't talk about it, even though we pressed them a bunch. Uh, but at the same time, we're excited for them, and so yeah, something will be coming <clears> from <throat> Night School to Netflix at some point. And be sure to check out the Oxen Free Two preview up on GameCritics.com. There we go. All right, cool, cool, cool. Oxenfree 2, Lost Signals coming at some point in the future. Let's move on really quickly to a game I know literally nothing about. Uh, I saw you pop it on the script this morning or the night before. Weakwood Throne? I have literally no idea what this (laughs) is. Tell us all about it. Yeah, this will be a quick one, but um, there was a a little while there for, you know, me to have uh, no money, right? That was a nice 
poor person. Uh, no money for video games. So I was going back to old games. I was looking for cheap games, which I'm sure a ton of our listeners do. Cheap games oh, yeah. are great. We've all, we've all been there. We all we've live there all been from there. now and then. Yeah. Yeah. So I found this game. I think it's $6 on PlayStation. It was something cheap, 5 or $6. And it's called Weakwood Throne. It's even hard to say. Weakwood Throne. And it's a, it says it is an open, you know, world RPG. It's the simple 2D graphics, Zelda style, right? Top down game. I'm looking it up on Google right now. Okay. It reminds me a lot of Crashlands, which I talked about on this podcast, which I love that game. So a very simple 2D art on, you know, an open world uh, goes screen to screen, right? So you have one huge square, you go to the next screen, it, it, populates that screen like old school zelda movement old school zelda movements and it's got an element of dual stick shooter um i played it on a controller so you know i guess they probably created it for a mouse and keyboard but in the controller option the number one problem is when you're aiming at things with your sword um you know i think you have magic but i only use melee of course but as you're swinging your sword you have to like aim and the aim is terrible Oh, and no. I think they know that. I mean, it's like really bad. So what they did in the menu is there's an auto aim. So normally would you like use your right analog stick on a controller to aim in those kind of games? Yeah. This one, you d- I don't. I just have it on auto, and that's much better. So, so do you so, just like walk around and the guy automatically attacks then? No, you or? still have to hit the attack button. Okay. But like it, it attacks in the right angle that you're facing. And it makes it a lot better. So I saw a bunch of reviews saying, like, I can't hit anything in this game. I I can sense that when it comes to trying to do it manually. But I think that they've sensed that, too, because in the menu, there's an auto target. So minus that thing aside, I I wanted a cheap game I could kind of get lost in. And it's one of these games where, again, similar to Crashlands or whatever all those games are like, which we supposed to come up with a template name for this stuff. What would you call it? I mean, are you doing mostly crafting or like what's happening in this? Is it just like uh, no, Zelda type, like uh, old school 16-bit Zelda action or what are we doing? We just always go back to Zelda. I want to come up with a newer like uh, template. Uh, but yes, yeah, so for the sake of this right now, I'll say Zelda, right? Where you're slashing things, you're cutting But like 16-bit Zelda, like overhead. 16-bit, yeah. Okay. Link to the past or whatever. Yeah, there you go. Um, and so in this game where you're doing that, there's no main story, but the story tells like takes place throughout the NPC side missions. So as you do more and more side missions, you start learning about the world. Where a lot of people would find this not fun in an in quotes RPG, I I liked it a lot because it was more about just like going to a new part of the map, doing a side mission, and someone going like, "Yeah, have you heard about that king? He's an asshole," you know? Like, and I was like, "No, I don't know anything about the story about this game." And he's like, yeah, well, anyways, me and my sister, we don't like him. So see you later. And then I did another side mission, and they're like, hey, can you save somebody who's, like, near there because the king and his cronies, like, kidnapped him? So I'm, like, getting all these, like, what are they called? Like, um, droplets. Nope, that's not it. (laughs) Uh, Not droplets. That sounds like something else. Um, What is it? Like uh, a little snippets of story? No. What are you talking about? Breadcrumbs. Breadcrumbs. Okay. I'm getting breadcrumbs of like the story by doing more like side missions. Gotcha. Gotcha. I don't think that's happened much in games, right? I mean, many games do it, but not very many games do it well. Uh, I think that's definitely like a skill that that games could probably improve where 
you know, you pick up on things. I mean, I think a lot of people kind of default think to environmental storytelling, which is, again, something that a lot of people think they do well, but they don't do well. But, you know, picking up contextual information without somebody outright telling you something is definitely a skill. And it's really great when it happens. Do you feel like this game does it very well? Yeah, well, I guess it, it, by default it has to because there is no story, right? You just start the game and you're just like, I guess I'll go this way, you know? Mm, but okay. that's what I kind of liked about it, where other reviews were like, oh, this is like a budget game. There's no story. I'm out, you know? And I like, again, you know, me on this podcast, I give it the benefit of the doubt, take it a little bit further. I'm like near the end of the game. Like I just, like it's a fun binge game because you're doing a lot of action-based exploring, fighting a lot of monsters, getting experience points, but it's so simple that it's one of those like no-brainer RPGs, you know? Mm. You just go in, obviously you're gonna get the next weapon, obviously you're gonna get the next piece of armor that's better, and it's just like piecing together the story through these little side missions. Lastly, cool. I'll say, uh, for some reason you have a skateboard, which is I love, <laughs> and when you're walking around, when you wanna go faster, normally hit, hit like a button to go run fast or something. And in this one, you hit the button to run fast and it uses your skateboard, hmm. which is fun. Interesting. Interesting. I looked at this one earlier. I think it's also on Switch. I think I saw it in the eShop and I glossed over it pretty quickly because the title art or the key art is really bad. Um, and I would just, as, as a piece of advice to anybody listening who might happen to be an indie developer, Please, please, if you are not an excellent artist, please hire somebody to do the key art for you. Do not do it yourself. I realize money's probably short, but like first impressions really count. And when we are scrolling through the eShop or the PSN store or when we get an email about a game, if the first thing I see is a really amateurish, ugly, hand-drawn piece of art, I'm going to assume that the rest of your game is ugly and as crude as that drawing. Like it's, I don't know that that's fair, but that's just real talk. And so like, I get if, that. Yeah. yeah. Like if your, if your key art is bad, I automatically assume everything else in your game is bad and that's just that's just the way it is so if you're listening and because i'm looking at the screenshots the screenshots are actually kind of cute but that key art is bad so don't cheap out like pay somebody 100 bucks 200 bucks whatever it takes to get i mean there's people on twitter you can like put out a call people will do it for you for a pretty reasonable price get some good key art don't cheap out or uh conversely because I do like the look of this game. It's really simple. Yeah, it's pretty cute. Pixel graphics or whatever. Um, I don't know. Again, I don't know what you, what you call that style because I can't think of anything uh, right now today. But they could just use that, right? Like as some of the key art. And I mean, way. it would be better than what they had. What they had was pretty repellent. So. Yeah. yeah. And and I don't want to take this away from my, in quotes, review, just, I, you know, my quick kind of review, is that, yeah, the, the aiming is really bad. Like, they messed so, up. So put it on auto. Yeah, you have to put it on auto. But yeah. even with that, like it's still off sometimes. And I'm just like, I just don't know how they could have messed that up because that's like the core mechanic that you use like throughout the whole game. Yeah. So that's the only thing that bothered me. But that being said, I probably put in like four or five hours already. And it's just a time sink. Like it's like you go, oh, I just would get one more weapon. Oh, I just go to one more board. And then, yeah, like I'm piecing together the idea that this king is an asshole <laughs> and I want to go take him out now because like, all these people hate him. He's done all these terrible all things. Right. Well, so check uh, it out. Check it out. Weakwood Throne. You're playing Weakwood it on Throne, PlayStation uh, Four. Uh, you know, via my PlayStation Five. And last thing, if you're playing this game, just don't even fight the snails. The snails are the worst. 
All right. Good note to go out on. Do not nice. fight the snails in Weakwood Throne. Okay, cool. Uh, let me take over for a bit here. I got a couple quickies to go through. First, I want to give a few words to Underland. Uh, this is a... I don't know what's going on. I feel like there's this, like, all of a sudden, a bunch of games that are kind of, like, looking like old school, like, Game Boy Advance games or, like, Game, game Boy games where, like, they were all, like, kind of monotone. Like, the screen was kind of, like, all greenish uh, without a lot of, like, you know... Uh, advanced graphics at the time you know it was what we had back then and it was fine uh but clearly a lot of people have some love for that that's what this game really reminds me of and it seems to be in this wave of hey don't you remember what the game boy advance looked like didn't you love that we're making a bunch of brand new games that look just like that and i'm like i don't love it but by the way can i go on a tangent because i I agree with you like sometimes i love the pixel art whatever but you're right there does seem like it'd be a huge crop of games that are coming out being like Look at, we'll use like two colors or three Literally colors. Literally two colors. Yes, black and green. Yeah. Yes. So what they don't understand and maybe don't have in their, you know, history and like mental anguish banks is, you know, I grew up being, oh, well, we both did actually, being old enough to remember like old school PCs had only like three, four colors. Totally. Four colors. Yes. CMYK was that, that was called, right? Yep, CMYK. Yep. Yeah. And then at some point we had RGB, which was a big deal. We had like 16 colors. And so, like, that was hell, <laughs> you know? And, like, we were trying to get out of that for, like, my yeah, whole Yeah, I don't, I don't ever want to go back to that. Like, that was that was a long time ago, and that was what we had, but I, I don't want to go back to that. Right. But, again, they don't ex- – they're not experiencing that, younger people. Right, right. But, like, we went through that. I was like – remember when we had VGA? There was like, oh, my goodness, we have, like – was it 256 colors? 256, yes, yes, yes. So, well, it's kind of yeah. like, you know, I see also alongside this, like, Game Boy – renaissance there's also a bunch of people who are getting into the you know choppy blocky ps1 era style graphics oh geez those were bad though i mean that's the thing right these people have a love for it and if you love it that's great i'm not going to take that away from you but man i couldn't get out of that era fast enough it was fine when that was the best we had but we have moved on and when you look back at that style of graphics now it is ugly it is so hard to go back to that and it blows my mind that somebody is like i love the way this looks i'm gonna make a brand new game that looks just like that hold on wait is that his voice that I is literally his voice i heard him on uh, heard him on a podcast it's that guy i just i'm like man why ooh, why would you make a game that looks like that and i get i mean everybody loves something everybody even the worst thing in the world has a fan right like everything in the world somebody loves it which is cool but man i just i can't go back yeah all right let's talk about undertale then or not Undertale. <laughs> Undertale. Underland. Underland. So this is one of those like, you know, revival Game Boy-ish kind of graphics. And to be perfectly honest, it doesn't look that bad. It looks it looks fine. It's cute. Uh, you are playing two, I don't know, like people who are surviving in a post-apocalypse and your city has relocated underground and you somehow got stuck on the surface. I guess you were <laughs> collecting berries and locked the door on you when you were out and now you're trying to come back and the door is locked. You got to get back underground and there's like, I think, 30 or 40 levels you got to get through. Each level is a single screen, and you have to manipulate different pieces of machinery in each level to kind of make your way lower and lower and lower. So, for example, in one of the earliest levels, you're standing on the surface of the ground, and there is a digging machine. looks like a big buzzsaw. And so you just, like, you pick the buzzsaw. You can pick anything on the screen that's that's controllable. There's, like, a little robot carts that have TNT strapped to them. There's the buzzsaw. There's, like, platforms that can move. Like, there's a whole range of, like technology that's sprinkled in every scene that you can kind of manipulate to to solve your puzzle so in this first scene you're standing on the ground you turn on the buzzsaw the buzzsaw digs a tunnel you you dig it all the way to the exit door and then you switch back to your people 
and walk the people to the exit door, solved. Go on to the next puzzle. The next puzzle is like dig a tunnel, but then you have to use the platform to get across a gap. And so like you move the platform to the right place. People jump on it, jump off, get to the exit. I mean, you know, so on and so forth. Um, it was really fun for like maybe the first 20 levels or so, 15, 20 levels. I was like, oh, this is pretty neat. You know, like these puzzles are pretty reasonable. And I was having some fun figuring out the right order of operations. But then I got to a series of puzzles where it kind of like it fell into my least favorite kind of puzzle where you have to be so specific about the thing that you're doing. And the game also has kind of some physics a little bit. Um, and so if you don't like land your thing exactly on the right pixel, it doesn't work. And then you're like, well, is this the right solution or did I not just do it? Did I do it wrong? And so ah. you're trying to think about, OK, is it do I have the wrong idea or is this what I'm supposed to do? But I just keep landing on the wrong pixel and I need to be one pixel over or I'm one pixel too far. And I got to this one puzzle where I was struggling and struggling and struggling. I jumped online and I found somebody on YouTube who had solved it already because I'm like, I need help. I'm going crazy. I don't know what's going on. He did the exact same thing that I was doing, except for he was one pixel over. And I'm like, oh, oh man. And it's just like all the wind went out of my sails. I was like, I can't play a game where it's all about doing that kind of a very, very, very specific puzzle solving and like the wonky physics and Honestly, the controls are not that great. So it's like, I'm not down for that kind of puzzling. But when it was easier, like when it was just more of like a logic puzzle, yeah. I was really liking it a lot. So I think there's probably some content here for for, for any puzzle fan. Uh, but just be warned that it does get into that like pixel perfect, weird physics-y kind of stuff, mm. which for me is an out. Uh, but up until that point, I really liked it a lot. So Yeah, that's unfortunate because it seemed like it has some cool things going on. But that is not fun what you just yeah described. it's it's really not fun so i i noped out but up until that point i did like it a lot uh moving on to subdivision infinity dx i was sent a code to talk about this on the podcast which i'm doing right now it is a third person space game where you fly around in a spaceship you have a very basic story about a generic white guy who i'm like ugh, can i pick somebody else can i pick a girl <laughs> can i pick an alien can i pick a robot nope you are you know, like like the guy looks like he's designed to appeal to the widest possible base of average gamers who are probably like white dudes. And I was like, OK, this is really boring. I don't like this guy. But the story isn't, you know, any great shakes. It's like you're, uh, I don't know, bounty hunter or something. Something's going down in space, whatever. It's just a context to get you into these missions. And control is pretty good. You're flying around the ship. You've got a lot of uh, super unrealistic space bound controls, but it feels good to play. You can move up and down and forward and back and the ships real responsive. Uh, there's a variety of different missions. Uh, usually it's just killing enemies, but sometimes you're like attacking a space station and you've got to like rotate around the whole space station, like top and bottom and left and right. And, you know, kind of go into sort of like an orbit around it to like take out all of the things that need to be shot. So that's kind of fun. Um, but you know, it's pretty basic. Uh, graphics are nice, like cool explosions and the colors are really good, but story is really boring. Um, action is pretty straightforward. After you've played it for about an hour, you've basically seen all the tricks the game has to show you and it's just at that point a matter of like you know earn some money and get a better ship that has slightly more life and it looks a little bit different but it's basically the same thing that you're doing so it's pretty standard i had i had fun with it for about maybe like an hour maybe two hours but then after that i started to feel like the freshness was running out and mm. i i, I kind of noped out of it but you know if you want a very straightforward basic spaceship game i feel like it's going to fit the bill I wonder who wants spaceship games nowadays. You know, not like EVE Online stuff with Sims and other players and PvP, 
But like, just like our straight, like what you just described, like, hey, I want to get in a spaceship and just shoot things. And that's it. I mean, that's yeah, I don't know. I mean, there must be people out there. I don't know. But I I mean, I'm trying to think people who remember Wing Commander from back in the day. Right. Or I don't know. But that's a pretty specific niche. I don't I mean, I don't know who this game is for, but it's it's not bad. I mean, it's okay. And there's definitely some spaceship games coming out. It seems like we get one every couple months, but it's not as prevalent as it used to be. That's for sure. Yeah. All right. All right. That is Subdivision Infinity DX. It's it is what it is. And if you want that, that's what it is. Uh, lastly, for this segment, I'm going to be talking about the Great American Circus. I was really curious about this one. It is a 2D uh, hand-drawn game, really kind of distinct-looking art, where uh, you play a person who has inherited a circus from your dead dad. And spoilers, your dad's dead. Uh, you, you get this circus, and it's not doing well. It's broke. They're going to disband it. But then they're like, no, no, no. we got to try one more time to honor his memory. we got to get the circus back on its feet and touring America. So, okay, cool. Uh, it, it's a deck builder though. And so you start off with like, I think three people, you have a clown, a juggler and a strong man. And they kind of line up kind of like RPG style. And the thing about this game is you have to impress the audience. That's what you're doing. So it is kind of like combat, but instead of like killing people and doing damage, you're, you are going up against bored people in the crowd and you're trying to like impress them. So like, okay. I love this idea. Sorry to cut you off. Yeah, no, go ahead, go ahead. I saw this originally on the Indie Gaming Guild, which is a YouTube channel that I talk about in the show a lot. Yeah, yeah. Go check him out, uh, Jeffrey. He's awesome. But um, I'd love that concept. And before we get too far in your review of this, like the idea of an RPG in any way, whether cards or just like straight turn-based combat, where you're trying to do something instead of just kill a monster, right. you're like, like this one, you're trying to impress the audience. Wouldn't it be amazing to have a stand-up game like that? Right, like where you're trying to impress people and make them laugh with comedy, like oh, you mean you mean like stand up comedy games? Stand up comedy. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I think that would be cool, like kind of a dialogue based kind of narrative, choose yes. your jokes, read the audience, sort of a thing. Sure. Yeah, sure. I just saw that when I saw the the screenshots, but yeah, go ahead. I, I'm really excited to hear about this. Um, so it's a cool idea. I love the idea. I love the vibe of it. Um, the visuals are pretty cool. Um, but I gotta say, I, I fell off it pretty quickly, unfortunately. I, I feel like there's a lot of systems going on, and the tutorials are not great. Uh, it took me a while, because it's one of those card, card-based card deck builders where there's a lot of lingo about the cards. Like, you know, it'll say, like, oh, this one has extra impress, and this one is pick up one extra ball, and then save it. And then this over here has this other double shield. And I'm like, okay, I don't know what any of these things are. Like, Hmm. this is not vocabulary that is consistent between all deck builders, right? So, like, if you talk about platformers, everybody knows jump, right? And everybody knows, like, you know, head stomp or something. Like, like most platformers have you do that. There's a basic vocabulary to a platformer. Or, like, in a racing game. Most racing games have, you know, pick the right line, braking, uh, boost, maybe. Like, you know, a lot of the stuff's pretty common. But when you get into deck builders... There's not very much that's common between them because they're all very different. And yeah. I feel like this one is also very different. And it would it would do itself some favors by starting out a lot more simply than it does because you get these people, the strongman, the clown, and the juggler, and all their cards have like this weird vocabulary on them. And I'm like trying to figure out, okay, well, what does that mean? I don't I can't play this game effectively if I don't understand what these cards are trying to tell me and I don't know how to find out that information. So I'm kind of just like picking and choosing. And I feel like, you know, for at least the first hour, you should give players like the most basic cards or at least have a really, really, really robust tutorial. Yeah, um, I just felt like I was, yeah, I was, felt like I was struggling a little bit, but I, I kept playing and I got through the first couple levels. Okay. 
But then there's a lot going on. It's like you go back to camp, you can cook meals. There's like other people to recruit. There's like skills that you can give people. And then sometimes the skills are not the same. And so like, it's almost like um, a little rogue element in terms of who you recruit because not everybody is alike. And so it was a lot to take in. Um, and I, I was kind of drowning a little bit, but I was hanging in there. And I got to one of the circus stops. You can choose on the map where you want to go. I think I went to somewhere south of Portland or something like that. And I got in this battle and it was like the longest battle like ever. I was like, I felt like I was playing it for like four years and I just kept like doing my tricks, juggling and the audience would go, Ooh. And then like, it just kept going on and on and on and on and on. I finally got to the end of it and I'm like, Oh man, thank God that battle was so long. I just, Oh shit. I'm tired now. And then it's like round two and I'm like, Oh, "Oh." and I was just like, I, I died a little bit and I had to leave. So that was the very beginning of the game. I'm not sure that I even played it for two hours, probably less than that. And if it already got to that point, I'm like, there's no way I'm going to make it through the rest of the game. It's impossible. So that's another really important thing about deck builders. I feel like the key to to success, excuse me, for many deck builders is get in, get out, have the matches go pretty quickly. Like Slay the Spire, most of those are pretty quick. Yeah. When I played Black Book, those are super fast battles. Like when you play any really good deck builder, they're not that long. And this one like had these like really extended protracted battles where I'm just like, Oh my God. Like I just wanted to impress you on it to move on. Like I wanted to get back to the systems and just keep things moving. And it just was really slow and it was just killing the whole vibe. So that was like, I think my biggest problem with it was like, I I was not down for like these really, really long battles. You know, it reminds me of is uh, look when you start a new tabletop game, you know, and you're like, wait, what are all these systems? Yeah. And you can't like do well because you're just trying to figure out like what you should be doing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So between the complexity and the, the really extended nature of the battles, I just was like, okay, I, 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 I'm out. I'm out. It's, it's kind of a cool idea. I like what it's doing in theory, but I feel like it needs a little bit more polish and definitely some trimming to kind of help things along. But anyway, the great hold on, American hold on, circus. Hold on, hold on. Yeah. 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 <laughs> There I forgot, we go. You, forgot you had that there. Okay. Uh, yes. Great American Circus. Pretty close to being cool, but not for me. Uh, Carlos, turning it over to you. Uh, a game called Game Deck. And I have to say, I feel very sad for this game because I don't know much about it, but I did see some trailers. And I'm like, man, this game looks cool as shit. It looks so good. What's this game called? Game Deck. I'm like, ah, that is the most boring non-descriptive yeah. like no juice to that title like if I, i've seen this title so many times and i've glossed over it because it does not catch my attention it, there's yeah. nothing interesting about that it tells you nothing about the game but the trailer pretty fire dude so please tell me like what is going on with game deck yeah i think we got a code for this right did i buy this i believe we... we got a code for this okay yes. um yeah i've been looking at it for a while and again like you said the trailer is pretty fire the graphics are awesome uh just before we get started the graphic style again oh, here we go me trying to can explain what a great game looks like um think jeez what what do i say wasteland uh fallout uh dust that we'll talk about later <laughs> i mean it's, kind of you, like an isometric but is, is it pixel pixel art no again i don't know how to describe it not pixel but like uh, it's its own it. art style right and it's definitely the point and click adventure type game and it's isometric like you said uh, it's also cyberpunk so that was yeah, really very cool. cyberpunk in the trailer. I was like, I need another cyberpunk game, please. So, and they call it an RPG. It's more of a story RPG. 
and we played those on this on this podcast a bunch. Like narrative and dialogue. Narrative right? and dialogue, right? Yeah. So you're not like there is some combat in it that happens, but it's not really like the main part of it. Um, it's more just like outcomes to things you've chosen, right? Um, people getting killed, etc. So this is a story based RPG. That's a cyberpunk world. The art in the world and in the trailer, but in the world itself, is awesome. It looks so good, dude. Like it's it looks so really good. Yes. And as you play it, it's just as good. Like it's. It's really fucking cool. Like it looks amazing. I can explain why it's called Game Deck, and yes, I agree with you. It doesn't get you excited at all initially, but there is a reason why it's called that, and I will explain that in a second. But this game is also heavily branching paths, so that's a theme for this episode. Okay. Uh, and it's it's to a point where I haven't finished the game yet, but they're saying that each person's playthrough, like a lot of developers say, but is quite different than. Uh, the next person's because there is so many different branching paths. I can see that firsthand and I'll actually show you in like one quick story mission example, I'll give you in a minute. But yeah, how you play the game is point and click style. I was playing it on Steam on my computer. Uh, again, it looks beautiful. I have an awesome uh, 4K screen. I'm very lucky to have that. So it looks beautiful. So you're point and clicking around the world to move your character. You do have a little bit of character customization in the beginning. Uh, pick a man, woman, different styles, and not a ton, but enough. And yeah, you basically have a lot of different skills and attributes, but all those skills and attributes and the ones you upgrade are to help you solve crimes. You are a detective in this game. You are trying to figure things out. And why it's called game deck is because you, you are called a game deck. That's your profession. And what that means is you can help solve crimes in this world of like people playing VR games and you know, are you saying that you are a detective within a VR game world? Is that what you mean? Yes, basically. Okay. Yeah. So people so like play if you were a playing, lot of like you're playing like, I don't know, second life or whatever. There'd be like a police officer in that. And that's, that's what you would be. Right. But as, as like the first mission, which I'll tell you about real quickly, you're, you're always outside of the world for the most part. You're like, you know, or outside of the VR worlds, you know, you're just in the actual world. Okay. But you're talking to people about these, you know, crimes or murders or whatever they are. And in this one example, in the first one, someone's stuck in VR. So he's stuck in one of the game lands they went to. Mm -hmm. And there's another friend of theirs who's also stuck. And uh, you try to, like, you know, get through to her. And you actually go to a different screen, which is you actually logging in for a second. So they do show you in those worlds sometimes. But in that world, there's so many different like uh, systems going on. So it's not just dialogue options, but there's things like, while I was in that VR world, a hacker started trying to break our connection. And so I had to really quickly, with a time limit, pick the right things to ask her. And if I asked the wrong things, I got booted, right? And that's it, game over. There's no gotcha. like, going back. So is there but, combat or is this all dialogue-based? It's all dialogue-based. It's like okay. story-based. But like I said, some of the actual dialogues are like mini-games. So another right. example is later on I was talking to a guy who was, wasn't in VR, but he was like being sheepish and he didn't want to tell me much about what happened. And so I had to win his trust over. So in the story dialogue, uh, me asking him questions would unlock like literally like padlocks. And if I... If I knew when to stop asking questions, I would get information out of him. But if I asked too many, the padlocks would go back. Interesting. See what I'm saying? And so yeah, there's like a you. lot of different systems like that going on, which I wasn't ready for. I was thinking like RPG with combat. 
But it is a, a form of combat, like you just said with the circus game, right? It's a different type of combat. So I really like the way that it handles it. Um, it's fun to be a detective. Uh, you know, we talk about it in Witcher. We talk about a lot of games that are RPGs. But this one is just that, right? Like that's the main focus of this game. And there's a lot of really believable uh, landscapes and worlds that they build, the VR worlds and then the real worlds. And it's, again, it's so beautiful to look at. Like it's just a nice point and click adventure. Um, I highly recommend it. I agree that the name is nondescript, but you are a game deck. That's what your profession is. And that's why I think they called it that. Man, I mean, bad choice. Super bad choice. Yeah. I wish they'd called it something else. But this game looks amazing. Like looking at the trailers, looking at the screenshots and hearing you talk about it, like seeing the screens where they have the dialogue. This looks like like 1000% my jam. Like this looks really cool. I really want to get into this. I believe it's coming to, to a console in the future at some point. Uh, very, very excited for this, but man, just get past that boring title and check yeah. out this game. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, um, A, you can obviously change your name, but it doesn't change the fact that you are a game deck, right? Sure. And then secondly, it looks like Disco Elysium, so think that. it's Yeah, a, similar, like, yeah. Plays, sure. plays like it and looks like that kind of uh, just a very lovingly detailed world. It's like, gorgeous, yeah. Even to the point of, like, in your apartment, like, I turned on my AI and it had an AI character, and so I just talked with her for a while. And it, you just want to, like, click things in this game, you know? And I'm definitely going to finish it. I feel like I'm just going to go through and see what happens and see what my ending is so that when you, hopefully, uh, actually play it, then we can kind of, like, you know, compare. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's I mean, I, I as soon as this comes to console, I'm all about it. It looks great. So, all right, I'm glad to hear that it was such a positive response. I was very curious. So uh, that's good news. Yep, check out Game Deck. Game Deck, that's G-A-M-E-D-E-C, all one word. Okay. Wait, 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 uh, wait, 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 wait. Oh, what? I do. I always do that so bad. Uh, oh man, I wasn't ready. I'm I'm new to this sound thing. That wasn't what I wanted. <laughs> no. Okay. Work in progress, folks. We're going to workshop this. Here. Okay. No. No. Here it is. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Okay. So that means you want to check out the game, I guess. Uh, for now. Uh, all right. Brad hates this idea of sound effects immediately. I I mean I'm I'm not hating it. I'm just like. We got we got to pick some good ones. We're gonna we're gonna maybe vote. <laughs> I did just randomly pick those. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just a quick shout out. I'm not gonna talk too much about it, uh, but I have to say, it's been kind of a stressful time here at Game Critics West. Just real busy with work and with life and things going on, and COVID is still a thing, and just et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I know a lot of people are feeling it right now, and I was just really wanting to play something that was gonna give me some peace, right? Like I don't have a lot of time to play recently, so I wanted to really make it quality time. I wanted to play something that was going to chill me out, that I was going to be really involved in and immersed in, that was going to help me distract myself from real life and stuff. And God damn it, I ended up falling uh, back into Death Stranding, but this time the Death Stranding director's cut, which just came out uh, maybe a week ago, two weeks ago, maybe. Oh my goodness, you are back in, man. Oh my gosh. You know, and just to give context, you know, I finished this game already. Uh, we, you played it too, didn't you? I'm sure you did. Yeah, you convinced me not to finish it. Do you remember that episode? Yes, and you shouldn't finish it because the story in this game is complete horseshit. It is just like diarrhea on fire, stupid, stupid, ridiculous garbage. The story is garbage. But while Kojima uh, does not know his way around a story, he sure does know his way around systems. The guy is a, a genius in certain aspects. I will definitely concede. I do believe he's a mechanical genius. He understands systems. He understands compl- complex play. He understands adding like detail 
scenarios. I mean, I love playing his games. I think they are very fun and I enjoy them very much. I almost always dislike the stories in his games because they are poorly told and they don't make a lot of sense and they just like rub me the wrong way. So it's a weird place to land, but I really, really, really do like Death Stranding's gameplay. Uh, and for those people who haven't played it yet, of course, this is the very famous, uh, I don't know, like package delivery simulator, I suppose. Yeah. It plays like it's... a futuristic FedEx guy. You're a FedEx guy. Yeah. And you're yeah. the guy from Walking Dead. Yeah. And it's really weird because this is before COVID, right? And a lot of people said he was being prescient, but like in the Death Stranding world, uh, there's this virus that goes around. And people have to hide in houses and nobody ever comes out anymore and nobody can see each other anymore because of the danger. And so you're like the one guy, you're like the Postmates guy who is risking life and limb to go out in the world to avoid ghosts and storms and, and uh, you know, robbers and all this stuff that's out in the world. And you're the guy who brings people their literal, literally their pizza or like yeah. their fish or like their books or whatever. You are that guy. And like this happened before COVID and then. As COVID happened, we're like, holy shit. He is literally describing real life right now. We thought it was like the craziest thing when he put this game out. Like, oh, what a silly world this is where everybody stays in their house and this guy's delivering boxes. Ha ha ha. That's nuts. And God damn it. We're living it every day. So uh, I guess point Kojima, obviously. But anyway, uh, this was almost my game of the year. What, last year? Two years ago? When was it? I can't remember. I can't even remember. I can't remember. Time is a vortex. Who knows? Whatever year it came out, it was almost my game of the year. And it would have been if not for how bad the story is. The story is catastrophically stupid and I can't stand it. And it makes me mad to think about it. Tell us but, more about you, what you think about the story. Oh, my God. I hate the story so much. I, I'm going to call it self-indulgent. That's what it is. It is it is self-indulgent to the point that it is offensive to me. <clears throat> like it is, it is hurtful and it just makes my tummy upset and I do not like it. Um, but the gameplay is great. And so I fell back into the director's cut. It looks great on PS5. Uh, and to be fair, it looked really great on PS4 too. Like it's always been a looker. Uh, but just going into this game where all you're doing is picking up boxes and just fucking delivering boxes. You put 37 boxes in your backpack. You look like a weirdo. You got this giant skyscraper of boxes in your back and you're like walking from point A to point B and you deliver boxes. Like that's all you do. And it sounds crazy, but goddamn, it is peaceful. It is satisfying. It is engaging because you're looking at the terrain and you're trying to figure out where can I step and not fall down and what's the best way to get from point A to point B and how can I avoid the ghosts that might be in my path and you don't want to meet the ghosts because uh, they're going to fuck you up. I mean, it's like there's a lot to it, but really all you're doing is delivering boxes. And God, it is so just captivating and interesting and peaceful and chill and relaxing. I just, I really like it a lot. And I'm, I mean, I like it so much. I'm still in the first area of the game and i think i'm like at level 120 or something Jeez, Louise. and i'm just i'm just delivering boxes back and forth i have a big question for you yeah so because the dlc came out and we talked about in the show that it was like 18 things that are new yes and and, and like a bunch of new ways for you to deliver packages which yes. include robot legs and like rockets that you can shoot your packages. Shit. Yeah. yes does that take away from your meditative experience of playing the game I don't know because I haven't unlocked any of the new stuff yet. What? I'm still in the first zone. I thought that's why you went back to like, doesn't it just automatically all unlock? Well, here's what happened. So I, I, I wasn't sure if I was going to carry over save or start fresh because there is the option to carry over save. I had a completed game save. But some of the new content was like story missions that were like early in the game. And I wasn't sure... Am I not going to see those because I'm already like an end game? Like I wanted to see the new stuff, not oh. just the tools, but I wanted to see the new story missions. And so I'm like, well, 
I don't know where these are and nobody seems to know and I can't get a good answer. So I'm just going to start fresh. So I just started from square one, brand new, fresh save. That's weird. So now you really can't report on all the stuff that I was excited about because I need to know about the racing. I need oh, to know yeah, about the yeah. rocket legs or whatever they are. So I, I mean, guess... I'll get there. I'll get there. The only thing that I've seen that's new so far is there's now a firing range that you can go to to test out your weapons. And there are these little combat missions there, which is pretty cool. You can get to practice those. Uh, there's also, I hit one brand new story mission. Uh, I'm not going to spoil anything, but it's pretty close in the first area. And it's an interior location, which is kind of new. So they have you doing some stuff inside it. It's, it feels very Metal Gear. So if there are people out there who are missing that aspect uh, from Death Stranding, there's a little bit of it back in there now. Uh, but other than that, that's all I've seen, and I'm just getting ready to move to the next big chunk of the game. I'm wrapping up a few more quests, but I haven't gotten to anything new yet, really, and so I'm very excited to see all the new stuff. I will report back. Interesting. Okay, well, now I'm kind of, like, really interested to see what happens, because um, I think the same thing, like, I have a near end game save as well, and I didn't finish it, because, again, to you told me not to. Yeah, don't bother. Um, so, but that would be a good one to go back to this, because... Essentially, I would be super high level, but I'd be able to check out all these new things. My question is, did you have to pay more money, right? It was a $10 upgrade because I already oh. owned it. So it was just 10 bucks, which was great. And so I'll tell you... Oh, good. No, guys, that means it's $10 for me. And we just talked about that last episode about GTA Five. Yes. And we don't want to pay full price. This is the way to do it. If this had been full price, I would not have bought it. Yeah. Um, but because I already owned it, from you know when it first came out and it was just a ten dollar upgrade i believe people should get paid for their work i don't think that all dlc should be free i don't believe that if i buy a game once i am entitled to every bit of content from now until eternity i mean these yep. people got to feed their families they got to pay their rent they got to put food on the table like these people have jobs this is their job so i definitely believe in rewarding people and i was happy to pay a ten dollar upcharge to get the dlc i would not have bought another full price game but i'm happy to pay the upcharge so that was mm. fine uh, but I'll tell you one other side note. One reason, another reason why I went back to square one and started a fresh save was because honestly, I wasn't sure I would remember how to play. Like all the details, all the systems, all the buttons, all of the nuances. It's a really rich game in terms of systems, a lot to it. And yeah. I, I'm kind of glad I went back to square one because I was like, oh, right. Like I got to adjust my packages and oh, that's right. I got to get this certain spray and oh, that's right, I got to watch out for how I'm walking on this river and I need the rope over here. And I don't know that I would have remembered all that if I had jumped back into my endgame save. And I feel like I wanted to just get the tutorials again and to be slowly walked through right, it again. Right, right. And I'm I'm feeling pretty happy with that. I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm coming back to grips with it. I feel like I got a good grasp on things. And honestly, if I don't finish it, who cares? I'm just playing it because it's so fucking chill and peaceful. Right, right, right. Yeah, so I'm not in a rush to get to endgame or anything. Right, we talk about that a lot where, you know, uh, we find a game, like you said, in this chaotic times that just is this meditative experience to just exactly. kind of chill out with. And exactly. that's what that is for you. Um, I would say this, though. If I do go back, which now you're maybe convincing me to, you <laughs> son of a bitch, I'm not going to start over, and I would just definitely like be able to try all that new DLC right away. Because um, actually, to me, that is part of the meditative experience as well. And then also, the the reason I wouldn't want to is because that damn baby. Like, I want DLC to just turn off the baby. Oh, you can't turn off BB. Come on. I want to like... turn off BB. Oh man. I want to put it to Heartless. like the 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 BB heaven. Go to BB heaven, BB. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I will yeah. say you can customize uh, BB's container now, which is new. That's kind of fun. Oh, great. Can you customize it so it doesn't like. No, I don't know. Make a no. sound. You cannot do that. No. But if you do, if you do pop into it, 
that would be a good contrast for the show because I'm going back into it, you know, fresh. And if you jumped in with an endgame save, yeah, you can tell us whether or not you bitch. get instant unlocks to all the stuff, whether you can see those story missions or not. So. Fine. Also, um, <clears throat> I'm going to find a way to turn off BB. And I, I don't I, know that there is. I was just laughing to myself that I just said I should send BB to BB heaven. Okay. That's um, cold, man. That's cold. All right. So that's cold. Death Stranding director's cut. I'm loving it. It is just my solace. It's my oasis away from the world right now. I'm I'm all about it right now. And if you check my Twitter feed, I'm posting like mad screenshots. So yeah. There's like a bunch of screenshots every day. So anyway, uh, one more game to talk about is called Jet, J-E-T-T, The Far Shore. I was sent a code uh, to talk about it here on the show, which I'm doing now. Interesting because I got uh, a code like a month ago, like 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 really long time ago. In terms of video games, we usually get codes. I mean, pretty common to get a, a game code like maybe like a week before release, sometimes one or two days. But to get a code a month before release is pretty unusual. So I felt like they were probably pretty confident about it, and I was very excited to check it out. This is one coming from the same people who did. Oh, Carlos, you're gonna have to help me out. I know you know this game. I it know was this an game. Indie Sensation. I, yeah, uh, I forgot what the other game was too, but I was gonna say I was actually quite interested in it from just the artwork alone. You, uh, I, I forget what it, their first game was called. It was very sword and sorcery, sword and sorcery. It was on right. um, like iPhones and these guys had a great soundtrack to it. Like it was really well received. A indie hit back in the yeah, they're, years they're, ago, whatever character like design, which, because this game has, which you'll talk about in a second exploration, but it also has some story stuff and all the characters feel like that world of sword and sorcery a little bit. It, it is kind of that same sort of vibe. So that was interesting to me. Uh, this game is tough to describe, but basically um, you play a group of like, I don't even know how to even say this, but like, I mean, they're like indigenous people, like they're indigenous people on a planet. Uh, and they are, I mean, clearly like a tribe. And but so they, they appear to be like, like native in the sense of like, we are wearing furs and skins. But at the same time, they're also scientists. They're also like priests. They're also like advanced engineers. And they have like these spaceships. And there's also like a city. So it's a really strange way to start the game because you see this this little village where your indigenous people are. They pick you to be like this pilot for this mission. You go from your village to like this giant city. And like the entire like it looks like the entire world is there to see you off on this mission to the stars. And I'm like, man, this is like fucking cool like this is like amazing like it's this sounds crazy but like the first two hours of this game it feels like going to church right like it just feels like everything is huge everything is spiritual there's like this Mm. energy there's a vibe it feels like you are being a part of something that's larger than yourself um i'm not a religious person but i feel like that's an accurate description about how the the first two hours to me feels like you are like something amazing is happening it's like pretty fucking amazing so you go in space with a group of other uh, people from your, from your tribe and like through spaceships. And it's like this big screen comes up and it's like two years later, five years later, a thousand years later. And so you're like, Oh my God, like, what are we, are we repopulating the the universe? Like what happened to the people back at home? Like what's going on? Is this like a one way trip? Like a lot of unanswered questions, but it seems like it's all going in the right direction. Like it's very cool, very excited. I'm super just interested in this whole world and the visuals and everything. So it's all going in the right direction. You get to your planet and you land and then you are the pilot of a little scout ship. Uh, Your scout ship is called a jet, J-E-T-T, and you go with a co-pilot and you're supposed to explore. And the whole jam of this game is like you're not there to shoot anything. You're there to just like observe. You're supposed to set up like a new, I don't know, a new town. And you're supposed to just like learn about the world. All of this sounds 
I mean, tell me if I'm wrong. This sounds fucking awesome, right? Yeah, I'm so nervous because I feel like there's a butt coming, and (laughs) I like everything you said, and I just hate us talking about video games in this way. I know. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. It's such a buildup, and now I'm feeling like it's going to go downhill. Go ahead. I'm sorry. So, like, for the first two hours, I was, like, in. I'm like, oh, my God. This is an amazing game. I love this. This is doing all sorts of weird things, and it's got this cool vibe, and I love that you're with these people, and the, 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 you know, juxtaposition of, like, the indigenous population who are also like the spacefaring people. That's fucking awesome. I love that. And like, it's all just really, really cool. And then you get to your planet and you get in your little ship and you're um, flying around. And when you were flying, um, you're like this tiny little ship and you see like this giant Vista and the horizon. It's pretty cool. Like you're just like, just going around and it feels like you're kind of just, you're feeling the vibe. Right. But the problem is that when they, they just, they, they just don't know what to do with it. It's like you get there and all of a sudden you're doing like these missions that are really, really intensely like not fun. Um, like you're trying to like, like manipulate stuff with your ship's tractor beam and it's really wonky with the physics and it's just like awkward and it doesn't feel good. Where like you're, when you're flying at high speed, it feels really awesome and you feel like you want to do more of that, but that's not really what you're there for. You're there to just kind of like check out these animals and scan these animals where you're just like flying around and trying to find them and they seem really small and it's hard to see them. And a lot of stuff on screen is really small and hard to see, and you're not really feeling the vibe anymore because it doesn't feel as natural and awe-inspiring. It feels like you're kind of struggling with it a little bit. Yeah, um, the juxtaposition, by the way, of the actual art of the world with the characters yeah, is so contrast to the actual gameplay that you're talking about. Yeah, the contrast in the graphics is pretty crazy. Uh, but the thing that really destroyed this game for me was how often they interrupt your immersion. They take control away from you to show you something or, or or even worse than that. People talk to you in this game all the time. And it just really destroys the feeling that you're in this planet. Like, and you can't often see what they're talking about because people are like, there's two other ships that are with you there and you're supposed to be a team, but they don't like stay with you and you got to like keep up with them. And then they're kind of doing their own thing. And they're like, Hey, come over here and do this thing. And I'm like, where are you? Like, I don't even know where you are. What's going on. And then like, they're just like, hey, what about this thing? And you're trying to fly and control your ship. And they're like, hey, let's talk about this thing. I have this long, drawn-out conversation. And I'm like, I can't read this text and because they speak um, a made-up language. It's not English, so you can't just listen to it. Um, but it's like all this text is on the screen that I'm trying to read, but at the same time, I'm trying to fly. And I'm like, I can't fly and read at the same time. Mm-hmm. This is why people do not text and drive at the same time. Like, There's laws about it, so like, don't do that in your game. And so like, they just keep talking about things that I don't know about and don't really care about. And like, I'm getting all caught up the feeling of like, the, the, the grandeur of this world, like the amazing vistas. And they just keep like coming on the radio and talking about something. Hey, stop flying for a second. Let's talk about this thing. I'm like, I don't want, I don't want to talk about this. Let mm. me do my thing. I want to just be in this world and just like soak it in. And they just like keep giving you these dumb tasks and they keep interrupting me on the comms. And I just like, Oh my God, like it's just like, it's ruining the entire thing. Like it's just destroying all the vibe. Um, at some point you do get out of your ship, you go back to your, your main base so you can get out of your ship and talk to people. So you have some, uh, little first person walk around time and, and, and that's kind of cool. They talk about the world and their religion and stuff, which is cool. But honestly, I, I didn't really want that, that, that group, that talk, that chat. I think this game would be amazing if it was just you exploring this wide open wilderness. And instead it's just like, man, they don't shut up and they won't leave you alone. And it just, it kills the whole thing. Man, that is unfortunate. Yeah, I love the art style. I love the aesthetic of some of it. I was going to say some of it feels like No Man's Sky, where you're like Oh, yeah, that was the vibe um, I was getting in trailers for sure. Yeah, but yeah, the, the gameplay system's been kind of at odds with each other. Frustrating. 
Yeah, it's really a bummer. I was, you know, when that first two hours, I was thinking I was going to recommend this to you so hard. And then I got to the gameplay and I'm like, ooh, just, oh, it's just, it's just not good, man. It's just not good. Damn it. Anyway, sorry, man. I thought that was going to be another one with uh, another one with Carlos all over it, but that is not the case. Uh, so that is Jet the Far Shore. Uh, very, very disappointed about that one. Uh, let's turn it back to you, Carlos. Uh, before we get to the other two games, let's do a quick check in on Dustwind. Yes. Which we talked about a week last week or the week before, which was kind of like a Fallout isometric action ish RPG ish sort of game. I think we were both initially into it, but then I think we both kind of fell away. Yeah. Uh, I was, I'm out. I, I never came back to it. I'm done with it. I was kind of surprised to hear you go back. So what is going on in the world of Dustwind? Yeah, I, it was one of those weeks where I didn't have much money for games. And I was like, what can I have, uh, you know, to play tonight? Well, I'm already, I've already bought Dustwind came to mind because yeah, well, we are, we're lukewarm on it. I think that's a good way to say. That's pretty fair. Um, it, it just it, itself in general, I, I like that style of game. I'm always like, you know, ready for a wasteland game, a fallout game. And so I went back. Um, we were frustrated last time, if you remember, that we didn't get any good weapons because this game does a really bad job oh, of like... Oh, man. I played hours without getting hours. a gun. Like, yeah. Give me a break. And then you take out other people who have guns, but then you don't get guns from them. It's silly. But what I learned, in, and if we would have just stuck with it, which I did, is that, yeah, maybe a couple hours in or so, maybe, maybe three, two and a half, three... You do get to go back to your base, and as you build up your base, that's a second part of this game that we didn't talk about, which is base building. And as you base build and get more people to come to your town, NPCs, then you have more options. The first option is someone comes to the town who will sell you weapons. That's it. They needed to get to that a lot quicker. They did. The first one, for some reason, that comes to your town is a cook. And and I guess that's because they have to cook you meat so that you can have meat to heal yourself or something. Right, right, right. But the second person, the, literally the second person, I think, is the person who will sell you guns. So you do get guns relatively soon after that, right? So once I got my first gun, uh, and you have so much stuff that you picked up, because you remember we both were picking up all the stuff we didn't want. Oh, yeah. Tons of stuff I, I did not want. I sold all yes. of it, and I had like $1,500, and I was like, all right, let's get me some guns. And I got a gun. Uh, it's just a simple handgun, at, and there's different variations of each weapon, right? So some just do. It feels like an RNG thing, where some are just more uh, damage sure, than others. Sure. So I found one that was 32 damage, and we were normally doing things like eight damage. You know. Yeah, that's a pretty big step up. So that thing was able to basically, you know, go up to somebody and be like two shots, and you're gone. And that comes into that play of where I did like the physics when. You know, people died in the game. It's like some of it was kind of gory and some of it was realistic how they would fall down. So I just kind of felt like a badass with a gun for the first time because I could just, yeah, kind of own sections. Never own because this game, just like any other wastelandy game, you're always in trouble because you could get outnumbered at a second, right? Oh, but, yeah. It was like two hits, you'd be dead in the wrong situation. Right. But again, that was before armor. So I have armor now. So that's, I'm never dying with two shots, right? Um, uh, every once in a while, again, RNG randomly, you could get hit in the head sometimes. But I, I do like the realism as you get along, because as long as you have a little bit more armor, some more firepower, you feel safer in those environments. The other thing is, again, it is very similar to the early fallouts and mm -hmm. wasteland yeah. where, you know, it's the fun is and the hook is once you feel good about your character, just exploring different random buildings, going in, finding loot. And then, yeah, doing the story missions, but it's really about the exploring. 
And that was endlessly fun for me. I spent I played like this game for two days straight. And and then the other thing that we didn't talk about is there is a tower de- defense kind of system to the base building. So oh, yes. I, yeah. So as I built up the bases, you I, w- I got like turrets later on. I don't know if we talked about that in the initial review. No, I mean, I talked about doing that in the tutorial because they do throw all those systems right. in the tutorial. And I did finish the tutorial, which felt like I had beat the game at that point. Um, <laughs> nice. But yeah, like there's a lot to it. I mean, I think this game is great. Everything you're saying is great. I just think the problem with it is like, number one, pace. And I think just like, you know, taking filing some of the rough edges off would really go a long way towards making this a really, really likable B, B-tier kind of experience. Yeah, exactly. And again, um, I think that once you have a few weapons and you have some armor and once you do do your first like tower defense, you know, uh, protect your base mission, you feel a little more invested in the game. And I I just, you know, you have waves of enemies come at you. You can see your turrets in action. You feel like you've done something. You know, I don't feel a little more like accomplished. So, right. uh, by the way, randomly, there's a soccer ball in that uh, base and you can actually like when you walk up to it, it like you start like kicking it around. Oh, that was kind of fun. Um, so yeah. And then the last thing I'll say is what did I write down. I wrote down soccer ball um, physics. It's a little buggy still. Uh, oh yeah. I, I think because I'm going so far in the game now, like I really want to get my daughter back. Like the whole game is about you as a mother trying to get your daughter back. And it's, it's almost similar to like, what's it called? Walking dead or some of those shows where like, you always think you're going to get to the actual answer of the series. Right. And then it's just like, you got to go one more step. And right. Then one more step. You think you get there one more step. Yeah. For sure. And the, the guy's like, okay, we can get it if we get this tank. And I'm like, really? Do we need yeah. to get a tank? Um, but now I'm like kind of invested. I'm like, I need to, you know, it's basically going to be like the major uh, bandit camp and we're going to have a tank and we're going to go like, you know, crash into it and I'm going to get my daughter back. So I'm kind of invested now. Keep us posted, man. Keep us posted. I bounced. I would love to come back to it if they polished it up and 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 gave it, you know, a little few more coats of paint or something. But as it was, it was too rough for me. I couldn't I couldn't deal. But I will say I do want to give it props because the developers clearly have a sense of humor. I don't know if you noticed or not. You probably know this, but as in your your stats page, there's a stat that's called bonus. I think it's called bonus damage. And when you look at the description of that, you can put, you know, stat points into it if you want to max it up. And the description is Doing extra damage uh, to all your attacks. Uh, no real reason. Just why? Because fuck your enemies. That's why. And nice. I'm like, <laughs> I appreciate that. It, you know, there was no reason. Just, you know, they want you to just do more damage, which is great and hilarious and also effective. So I, I love the winks and I, I love what they're going for. It just was, t- it was too rough for me. So, yeah, again, I'm going to double down and say that it's just the beginning, I think, is rough. And I think if you just give it's, this it's game real rough. It is, a little bit longer, rough. though. Um, it does really feel like that old school Fallout game, and I'm yeah. I'm here for that. So I mean, that's a good discussion point, right? Like slight tangent here. Like I was kind of thinking about this when you were talking about Weakwood Throne. It's like you know we I know we've talked about this before in the show, but there is so much competition in terms of games. I mean, not even I mean not even just games, but like you know music and TV and movies and books and doing stuff outside and like whatever. Like there's there's all this competition for your time, and when you narrow it down to just games, there are so many games. I get like at least. 10 or 20 emails about brand new games literally every day. And so for me, it's like, it's not, it's not just enough to make a game anymore. Like you have to like make a good one. And if you're going to make a good one, you have to look at what else is out there. And it's gotta be at least as good as what's already out there. If not better, because if you're doing something 
that starts real rough and it has to demand a lot of patience from the players and you have to like put up with some bugs and stuff. I mean, why would you do that when there's like 30 other games that are probably better than that? Like, no, you're right. And it's we talk—it's so rough, you know. No, we talk about in the show all, all the time. I mean, we literally say the word tutorial. I think every episode, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is like what you're talking about. Like, get get us in, get us excited, show us the systems, and make it sort of easy so we feel like good about ourselves, right? Like the uh, circus game you're talking about, and then like then we're probably in, or we could be in. Anyway, that was tangent <laughs> over. Tangent over. My tangent that was over. Death sound Wind. effect. Yes. What is your tangent over sound effect? Hit it. Um, no, hold on. I'm not ready for this. I'm just going to type in sound effect and then go, and then here it goes. All right. There's that. That means tangent over. Tangent. <laughs> tangent over. Okay. Back to you. Still back to you. Succubus uh, oh. is a game. You put this on the, I guess this is one of your spooky Halloween games, maybe? Yes, because here comes the music. Wait. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So, welcome to my first of the ghostly, ghastly, gowl. What did I call this segment? What? What, what? what did you just say? I was trying to think of the name of the segment. I just said every G word instead. Ghostly and ghoulish game reviews. Game reviews. There we go. Okay. So, that's the sound, end of the sound effects for this episode. Uh, well, this is the first one. It's scary, but it's also gory, and it comes from the developer of a game that you really don't like. Um, what is the developer? It's not in front of me because I wasn't ready. Oh, man. Oh, they did Agony, the Mad Mind Studio. Oh, they, Agony. Agony. Yeah. Agony. So Agony, you know, of these games that they're making, it's it's pretty gory. It's not something I go towards right away. Uh, it's hellish. It's uh, blood. It's you know uncensored. I see a lot of boobs in the trailer. A lot of yeah. like uh, sexual, a lot of stuff that looks like a vagina, which is you know a thing. Well, no. So in, in, in agony, it was like a lot about you know torture and, and and blood and all this kind of gross stuff. But in succubus, it's also sexual. And so I also got a code from the comp- company Madmind Studios uh, for the purpose of the podcast and. I was like, oh, this is an adults-only game as well, and we yes. talked about wanting to bring more of those games to the show. So it's a scary game for the scary segment, but it's also adults-only. Okay. And so that's what this game is. What the game is, you play as a demonic priestess of lust, and uh, you also have hooves because reasons. Because you're like a demon, right? Yeah, uh, priestess. And, you know, you're nude and stuff, and there's like all sorts of nudity and like sexual stuff in this game, but the code they gave me was censored. So what? I For started real? this game. Yeah, yeah. And I'm excited. <laughs> like, I'm going to talk about adults only weird game that's, you know, gory too. And everything is censored in the game with these little, what do they call those little bubbles, you know? Oh, yeah. do they have like that little uh, blurred out thing? The blurred out thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, why am I even playing this? Because it's gross, but also I don't see the, you know, the sexual stuff. So I'm like, what's going on? Anyways, you have to go to the website and download a DLC pack that's free that unlocks the sexual stuff. And I think that's because of some sort of sensor trouble stuff with releasing a game like this. I don't know. I mean, it's pretty common on Steam. I ran into that when I was um, investigating some of the other you know, potential adults-only games we were going to be looking at, where... They want to put out a version that's that's okay for anybody to to download within you know um, P- Steam standards. Right. But then a lot of that stuff was like, oh, here's an adults only DLC. Like you have to uh, 
age verify first and then you that's exactly download right. it separately so yeah. like if so you can't come back and complain that you've been exposed to something because you had to go through like nine steps to right. get the stuff and then if you come back and complain then you look like an asshole and i wasn't aware of that so i play this game censored which is so funny it's almost made it funnier actually um and you know what some stuff that i encountered in the game i don't want to see you know what i mean i don't want to see actually i want to unsee because in this game, it's a first-person game, action, you know, think Doom, right? It's Doom. But most of it's melee. So there's a little shooting with, like, some, you know, magic power stuff. But mainly it's melee, which is up my alley. So I love the idea of a first-person Doom-type game with melee. And, you know, in the game, every once in a while, your character will switch to third person when you're climbing rocks for some reason. So you have oh, to like, okay. For like environmental awareness. Yeah, environmental sure. stuff. But it's actually like button pressing and like there's a kind of a, you know, you've got to do things to make the character do stuff. So, you know, that part isn't really fun, but the minute to minute like go and just cut monsters and things down, it was really, really fun. So like that's the positive is that the melee in this game is like super fun, super frenetic, you know, 60 frames per second, super fast. So, and like... I don't like in Doom and other games where you run out of ammo. In this one, if you have like things you want to shoot, which is like fireballs, etc., you just charge it up. But you know, you always have melee weapons, so you're always like you know eviscerating tons of people. Uh, and so, what the game is, you you it's weak on story, right? It's you're a priestess, you're down in like hell area, you're fighting monsters and weird things that. Um, again, I want to unsee some of the things I had to kill. Uh, there's a lot of people being tortured, which I'm not a fan of. Like, you know, I literally won't say it on the episode. Things that are really gross looking. Um, and then, yeah, there's like bosses and there's story bits, but they're not really story bits. It's just a, an excuse to play like a fun, like, kill a bunch of things with melee first person game real bloody and boobs and all yeah, sorts of yeah, stuff yeah. and yeah i mean i've seen the videos of it and it's not it's a little bit too much for me and i'm i'm not a prude i'm not against you know violence or sexual content at all but to me i just look at this and i'm like this this vibe is not something that i'm up for like the the imagery of pain and suffering and like excess blood and i'm just like right eh, it's not my not my jam so i it's not my jam either but i thought i'd just take a a, a stroll through this hades uh, to see about the gameplay. And I was right. So my interesting takeaway uh, is that the the melee, first-person melee, is really, really, like, not just fun, but um, what's the word? It's addictive. It's like a it's really addictive loop because it's that thing where if you hit an enemy enough times, you can do, like, a finishing move. Okay. And, again, it's super gross, like cutting people up the crotch and stuff. Gross, you know? But it, it for some reason, in a video gamey, Doom way, it's very, very addictive because you're like, oh, I just go to the next area, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I didn't like the gore. I don't like the torture, but I like the system. So I hope that they do another game that they don't have to. I don't want to say this. It's a crutch because maybe they're just really into all the score and suffering. But I don't think they need it because the me, game would be good enough without having this like over the top attention getting stuff. Totally. Because yeah. again, I had a fun with the minute to minute gameplay. And, you know, the third person stuff wasn't really anything to write home about, but just running around and using my powers and getting new weapons. Dude, I picked up a new axe that was a two handed axe and it handled totally different than all the other weapons and was slow, but, you know, took out two enemies at once or something. So 
there's a lot that is interesting in the mechanics. But again, all this gratuitous stuff, there's like mini sex games. Oh, and dear. like you can like uh, customize your demon with different, you know, tributes and stuff. I just don't care about that part of it. Yeah. Um, but I did want to play it for, you know, research. And the fact is, uh, I really think they have an interesting thing with the game mechanics. So that's I, that's my highest praise for this game. But yeah, I don't want to see suffering and I'm not a fan of suffering in video games. <laughs> we got enough of that in real life. It reminds yes. me a little bit of um, Robo Life, if you remember, was one of the adults-only games I brought to the show, I don't know, a couple episodes ago, where it was raising a robot girl and teaching her skills and stuff. And I thought like it was actually a really, really fun game. And the adults-only content kind of like soured me on it because it was kind of gross and I wasn't into it. Yeah. But the game mechanics itself was great. Like It didn't need... That other stuff, which, you know, I think most people would assume that was the point of the game. But, man, the mechanics were really good. So another example here of these, these first-person melee mechanics are really, really good. Doesn't need this other stuff. But, again, like you said, maybe the developers are really into it. Maybe this is their passion and they really like suffering and demon boobs and blood and stuff like that. So, well, you know, yeah. to each his own, I guess. I think they do. It's called Mad Mind Studio. And um, I think they're uh, – it's a Polish studio. I'm not sure. I think that's right. They're from that part of the world. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. And – Here's the thing. They're making two more games. And so if for some reason they're listening, I just think that it'd be interesting to open it up to a bigger user base because, you know, more people buying your game, more money for you. And I don't want you to like, uh, what's the word? Um, go against your, you know, creative vision. But if you don't have a person like who has something up his ass and is on fire um, and you have the same <laughs> mechanics... Uh, I thought I'd throw at least one vision out there for you of something so I saw. Remove the burning and the anal torture, and you've yeah. got a you've got a blockbuster on your hands. Well, because I got two more games coming. I just think that like if they toned it down a smidge, even like I don't know, maybe more people play the game. That's just my two cents. Cool. All right, that is succubus. Uh, one more from you, Carlos. Astria ascending. Uh, all I know about this one is it's like a two D side scrolling J ish RPG. I really like the art style, uh, but that's really all I know about it. You want to fill us in on Astria Ascending? Yeah, I checked it out because it was free on Game Pass. I believe it still is. Oh, is it? I did not realize that. Yeah. So I didn't pay any money for that one. Well, besides my monthly charges. Sure, but such um, a deal. Such a deal. It's a JRPG 2D platformer. So it's like 2D style. There's platforming in it. So you actually do run, jump, and like have to do puzzles. And then there's like turn-based combat. So that's what the game is. The art style is very cool. Again, would love to come up with a word that we could say, but I don't want to use painterly, but it's that kind of hand-drawn style. Is that right? Yeah, it's like an like an illustrated style. Like it's really, it looks like hand-drawn art, really detailed. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. It looks really beautiful. Nice. Yeah, really, really nice. Um, and the character, again, you control one main character, but it, you have a whole party. Obviously, mm -hmm. it's, you know, it, when it comes out in combat. And there's a lot of dialogue. And the story's, you know, kind of throwaway in the fact that it's almost so esoteric, it's hard to explain. But you're a group of people who live only a certain amount of time, and you are, like, great warriors to, like, take care of, like, business because that's what warriors do and heroes do. But then at some point you die, so you have, like, a shorter lifespan or something. I mean, this is real life you're explaining right here. Yeah, I guess we all have a pretty short lifespan, <laughs> and we have to hurry up and do some stuff. The fighter battles right before you die. I mean, that's, yeah. like, that's every day, bro. But anyways, there's a lot of really interesting character design as well as like types of, you know, um, just characters in general. Um, you know, you have your basic 
big, huge, burly, monstery type half human who has a huge axe. Uh, but then you have like other people that I've never seen really in games, like a, a smaller character, kind of super deformed look, uh, who's kind of like his helmet has water in it. So it's like a different kind of alien race. A lot of different characters like that. Then some of your classic uh, hero types as well. But you have a, uh, a party of eight people and you start with that. So it's like, I feel like old school Final Fantasies did that. But like you have like all eight characters right away. And you already have weapons and you already have like powers and stuff. So it's really just like using whoever you want within the battle. Um, and you can actually, within a battle, during a turn-based battle, you can like say someone gets KO'd, you can just like cycle out a new person. So it's like you have eight people all the time. Oh, so you can just move them in and out as yeah. the situation calls for. And yeah, okay, gotcha, gotcha. And I think they're doing that because I don't think they're bullet spongy, but there's definitely like, um, you know, pretty tough bosses. Some of the simple enemies have a lot of health points. So it's kind of like they're going into that style of like, we expect you to have to use more than four characters, maybe sometimes, you know. Right, right, right. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed the combat. Um, the the turn base or no, the uh, platforming was very basic and it just kind of got in the way for me like i was like trying to figure out this puzzle and it took too long and i was like i just want to fight monsters you know and i'm just kind of lukewarm on it like again i didn't pay any money for it uh, it's game pass for free but i don't know it just seems a little convoluted a little basic i sound like you oh my goodness <laughs> i just heard that and the way i even delivered it sounded like a Brad Galloway Rubbing I know, off Carlos, on you, buddy. it just sounds a little basic, a little convoluted. I noped out of this pretty quick. There you go. Sorry, I like buddy. that. That's a good wrap-up. Uh, <laughs> and then the other thing is, I'll say, though, that is um, interesting, is they have many job systems. So, again, similar to Final Fantasy's games. but uh, So you unlock different jobs, and that really does change the way you your character plays. It's not just, like, get better attack ability. You know, there's like, all these job systems. So it's it's interesting Again, back to the Brad review. It's kind of basic. Um, I don't know. I'm not going to play. Yeah, it I don't know. I'm not. I'm not getting a lot of love in this. In this. In, in hearing you, it sounds like you're kind of like really looking hard to find something good to say about it. Right. And I was like really looking hard for like an RPG to play. Right. And I was like yeah. kind of excited, but it just feels kind of. Meh. Yeah. Oh well. Uh, all right. That is Astria Ascending, free on Game Pass, or so you say. Uh, Wait, see. what did that mean? I mean, I don't know if it is. I'm trusting you. It I is. I played it on Game Pass. What oh, okay, do I, okay. so well, I then say? It is. It's on Game Pass then. All right, cool. Confirm. I'm like trying to trick people to buy it. No, no, no. <laughs> it might be free. I don't know. It might be free. All right, last game of the show. We're going to wrap it up. I got to grab some dinner after this. I'm starving. I, don't I know am starving you. too, yeah. All right. Uh, I mentioned really quickly last week, Phoenix Point Behemoth Edition. This is coming from Julian Gollop, the man behind XCOM, everyone's favorite turn-based tactics. Uh, this is uh, basically the next XCOM. I don't, like I said before, I don't know what happened to Julian, why he's not connected to XCOM officially anymore. I don't know the story behind that. I'm sure someone out there has the full story. But this is his new project. I believe it was Kickstarter. He started with a new studio, and he's getting this off the ground. Um, it's weird because this is basically XCOM, uh, specifically like XCOM 2, where... You are playing from an isometric angle. You can move the camera around. The whole world is divided up into little squares. So it's like grid-based, turn-based tactics. You go in with a group of like six troops. You've got like a, your assault person with a uh, assault rifle. You've got a shotgunner. You've got a heavy gunner who's got a neat jetpack. So kudos to the jetpack. 
um, sniper person. I mean, a lot of the, the standard classes are represented. They all wear armor that basically looks like XCOM armor. You go back to your base, which is like the XCOM base, where it's like uh, you get an ant farm view of the base, of these little sections. You can build different uh, departments in your base. Like, uh, you know, there's like a medic bay, there's a cafeteria, there's a radar station. But, you, you know, there's like like an XCOM, there's underground parts that you can excavate to put in more, more uh, departments to your building. You can do that. You've got an airplane that flies around the globe, just like an XCOM. Uh, I mean, like, this is, uh, everything about it is, is XCOM. It's just XCOM. Like, it is. It's called Phoenix Point, but it is literally just, like, the next XCOM. Um, it doesn't have the same level of polish that I think XCOM 2 had towards the end. I know they started rough, but they really got it going uh, towards the end of uh, its, uh, its active period. Uh, this one feels a little rough. There's a few little hiccups here and there, but I think it's in pretty good shape. Definitely better shape now that it's hitting consoles than it was when it came out in PC. Did some research, and it seemed to really struggle from a lot of um, bugs and glitches back then. But a lot of those have been ironed out, although there are still a little hiccups here and there, but not too bad. Uh, the missions, I guess, are procedurally generated, which has been fine so far. Um, I would like maybe a few more special ones that are crafted. Maybe there are some that are coming up, but the ones I've played so far, they feel pretty you know, generic, but not bad. I mean, it's just... Nothing really stand out so far, but you're doing the same XCOM stuff. You drop in, move your guys around, watch out for enemies. You know, basically that same sort of thing. The The differences uh, so far are that, number one, when you are shooting, there's a really neat kind of uh, first-person view. You can go into this. If you don't want to, you can just push button and attack, and they just do that, just like XCOM. But if you want, you can go into like a first-person view, like you're looking down the barrel of your gun, and you can aim your gun at this person, and there's these circles on the screen. And it says, uh, when you fire, your shots will be somewhere in this circle. So you may not hit like dead on bullseye every single time, but if you know where that circle is, you can manipulate it so that no matter where your bullet goes, you're going to hit the dude somewhere. Like, you know, maybe you're not going to get a headshot, but you'll hit him on the shoulder or you hit him in the chest or something. So you can manipulate that to, to definitely increase your chances of hitting somebody, which as anybody who plays XCOM knows is like the big bugbear of XCOM when... You know, you can be standing literally right next to a guy, 95% oh, yeah. hit rate, and then it's like a miss. And it's like, how the fuck did you miss that guy? My grandma, who has nothing to do, no gun expertise whatsoever, could have hit this guy with her eyes closed while drinking tea. How can you not hit this guy? Yeah. So my grandma's dead also, actually, by the wow, way. Wow. Bring it down again. I know. I know. But she could still hit that guy. But she could still hit it, yeah. Still hit him. <laughs> dead or not. Um, so that's cool. I like that a lot. I also like that when you're exploring the world, there's little you know, little hot spots on the map and you don't know what they are. And like question marks, you go, it might be a battle, but very often it's like a little story thing, like a choose your own adventure where you land and it's like, Hey, there's a group of people here. Do you help them? Do you steal their food? Do you ignore them or whatever? And you can just choose what to do. So sometimes it's not a battle at all. It's just about how do you manage your relationship to the people? Uh, and there are three factions in this world. Uh, and you have to like negotiate your relationship with them as well. So like, uh, you know, maybe you steal some, technology from one group uh they'll hate you after that but then the other group will like you more because you kind of screwed that first group over and you kind of like balance the way that you um, communicate with all of them so i think overall it's it's it is the next XCOM, right but it's just lacking a little bit of polish um it doesn't have quite the same pop like i think it, a little more fireworks a little more bells and whistles would really push it over the top but it's really solid i'm having a pretty good time with it so far and if you like XCOM, I mean, you owe it to yourself to check this out. This is 
basically just the next XCOM. So if you want more of that, this is literally exactly what it is. With a couple more systems, it seems like. With, With that, a couple more small yeah. systems. But overall, this is XCOM. Cool. All right. I mean, that's it. That's all I got to say is XCOM. That's it. All right. It's okay. XCOM. We get it already. We, it's we get it. There it is. There it is. All right, folks. We have covered a jillion games. I think we are ready to get out of Phew. here and get some dinner. Yes. Uh, but before we do that, quick reminder, uh, T-shirts, first of all, designedbyhumans.com slash shop slash so video games. T-shirts are up if you want to buy yourself a T-shirt. Um, we want to get your questions and comments. Hit us up. Email so video games podcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter. At so video games, we're on TikTok. Carlos, where are we on TikTok? Oh yeah, you should just be make those part of your spiel now. Just TikTok. I, I forgot to add it. I will. It's I just will so video it. games podcast. I will add that there. And Carlos, you want to give a shout out to yourself, or are you are you good with just the TikTok address? Well, I will say this: I just decided to change all my stuff, all my brand over just to my name. So I was like, you know what? I'm tired of these brands. You know what I mean? A lot of things. It's a lot of things. A lot of things. The show. You know what? It's all just Carlos Rodella now. That's my name. You know what I mean? That's okay. my name. <laughs> all right. So, so are you changing everything to like Carlos Rodella did. one word? I already did. So it's TikTok.com slash Carlos Rodella, motherfucker. And I got it, by the way. Somehow I didn't know I could get that my name. You heard but it I here did. first. Check out TikTok.com slash Carlos Rodella, motherfucker. I That's knew you were going to say that. At. No, it's not, motherfucker. It's just <laughs> Carlos Rodella. That's what you said. I'm just saying what you said. I was so excited that I got Carlos Rodella. So it's TikTok.com slash Carlos Rodella. Please check All that right. out. There is that. Okay, great. Wonderful. Check them out. And as for me, same as usual, Twitter, Instagram. It's my name, B-R-A-D-G-A-L-L-A-W-A-Y, all A's, no O's. My name is my brand. And that is going to do it for episode 253. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for joining us here on the Soviet Games Podcast. It feels good to know that we are not podcasting into a void. We appreciate your ears. We appreciate your time. Yes, leave and comments on our TikTok videos, please. Please, yes, leave leave good comments on our TikTok yeah, videos. Yeah, wait, yeah, don't leave bad comments. Don't give us comments that are going to take it, get those taken down. No, give us good no, comments. no, good comments. But, again, we do appreciate you, and we will see you next Friday. But in the meantime, this is Bye from Brad. And, wait, no, no, wait, hold on. And, Bye-bye. from Carlos. All right. Oh, and he hates that I'm doing this. I feel like you hate yeah, I, I am, I am indifferent. I am indifferent right now. Okay, okay. Your silence sometimes to me feels like hate. No, you've got room to work. We got we got room we to work. We got room to work. <laughs>